Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 2023 is almost done In 2024 we'll be born to run Oh, what you gonna do With your life Karen Hunnan, Adam Ruckus, Clucker on the Joseph of the Technicolor Dreamcast tonight. Oh, what you gonna do with your life? Karen Hunnan, Adam Ruckus, Clucker on the Joseph of the Technicolor Dreamcast tonight. 2023 is almost done. In 2024, some say that we're all gonna be born to run. But what you gonna do with your life? Karen Hunnan, Adam Ruckus, Clucker on the Joseph Butler Technicolor Dreamcast tonight. Karen Hunnan, Adam Ruckus, Clucker on the Joseph Butler Dreamcast tonight hello guys hello Karen. bravo bravo hello, hello. Clark. what's going on nice to see you guys <laughs> nice to yeah. see you guys so uh ruckus was uh assigned to find some news stories for us he said i got nothing Let's talk resolutions for oh. 2023 into 2024. That sounds like a good place to start. Karen Hunt, do you have <laughs> any resolutions? Yeah. And then we're going to go into some predictions too, because I think uh, you know we're this is this is up right against the uh, crossroads of 2023 to 2024. It doesn't even feel like it. We got through the Christmas thing. I, I I feel like the holidays are over, but here we go again. A new holiday emerging a new shift, a new chance to make all that's wrong in your life right, hence the revolutions, I mean the resolutions <laughs> that lead to revolutions. But let's start with resolutions and then get into predictions. Karen Hunt, do you have any uh, I love it when I just, when I come on here and you just spring these things on me. First of all, when I came in, the um, I was asked, well, so you're singing for us tonight, right? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not singing. Oh, everybody else was singing. No, you, I'm not singing. So that was the first thing. <laughs> but um, I don't really do New Year's resolutions uh, because I'm always thinking of, you know, what I need to do every day. So I really don't, uh, I, I really don't sit there and think, okay. But what I do, I never go, I don't like to go to parties on New Year's Eve. I've never been into that sort of thing. I remember one New Year's Eve, I went, you know, just down the street to a little restaurant that I like to go to, uh, uh, Paoli's, it's called Paoli's. And, um, and on my way home, I almost got killed by some crazy driver, you know, going on just veering off onto the wrong side of the road. And that was just, you know, about three blocks from where I lived. So I don't really 
like to go out that much on New Year's Eve, but um, but I do like to really just think about, you know, reflect on, you know, on my life. And, and I do like to think about the things that I want to, uh, you know, that, that I want to achieve. But these are more like things, you know, it's not like some big thing that I suddenly think, okay, I'm going to quit smoking, or I'm going to have just, you know, one drink a week. You know, I don't, I don't really do things like that. So I think in the more general terms. Yeah, but you know, I, I agree. I know what you mean. I don't really usually make resolutions either. Uh, and like like you said, life is constantly just this work in progress. We're constantly trying to overcome and be the best versions of ourselves and finally live up to our potential and finally stop all these things that get in our way, self-sabotage, whatnot. But one thing that's very clear to me this year, and it's probably just because I've gone through a lot of personal stuff recently is it, it new year's gives you this sort of illusion maybe or maybe not depending on how you how you play it out but it gives you this sort of chance uh, you know to like begin again you know because so so much of what overcoming uh, bad habits is the feeling that you've already blown it you know you're already walking around in this shame spiral and you're like <laughs> Let me out of this. I, I, I just want to do do this that I've been wanting to do and have failed to do. Um, but, you know, when you when you're butted up against a whole new year, it's kind of like, OK, this can really be the start. This can really uh, be the kickoff you need. You can do it from day one. And, and you know, obviously resolutions are notoriously, um, you know, unsuccessful. People always ridicule. Uh, people that set New Year's resolutions because after a couple weeks you cave in or whatnot. But I I do have some resolutions. But before I list mine, you don't really have any specific ones. Ruckus, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Well, first of all, I'm disappointed that Karen has not chosen <laughs> a New Year's resolution to quit smoking because she really needs to quit smoking. I mean, let do me you tell smoke? you, Papa, how much this lady How smokes? did you? Absolutely none. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Right. So you already no, got yeah, that. that's I'm the, true. I'm the I one mean... who needs to quit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to rack my brain here and think of something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you guys, no, yeah, I, it, it is, it's funny that I'm the one that brought up, hey, maybe we should talk about New Year's resolutions, because it is what people talk about this time of year, and it is a thing, and, and you know, you can't avoid the discussion of it at least, so why not, let's join the discussion, right? Um, I do have some facts about it that just kind of proves what we're saying to be correct, according to a, a recent poll, uh, this one by Forbes Health slash one poll, uh, the average New Year's resolution lasts only 3.74 months. I'm not exactly sure how many days 0.74 months is, but hey, let's go with it. But it was interesting to note that 20. only six, okay, only six percent of us actually managed to stick with the resolution beyond 12 months. So yeah, the New Year's resolution, yeah, it's not a, it's not a real thing. Uh, most of them are uh, related to improving your health. Um, this year, interestingly enough, because I have a chart in front of me that shows me the most popular New Year's resolutions for 2024. At the top of the list, improve fitness. And second, improve finances. And this this is the one that was weird to me. Number three is improve mental health. 38% of the people that were polled for that um, said that they want to improve their mental health. And then you see the, the things like uh, losing weight, stop smoking, learn a new skill, make more time for hobbies. 
Um, now, if I was to, to take this seriously, if I said, okay, if I could pick something to commit to that I would like to do, yes, I would love to quit smoking. But that's a challenge and a goal of mine for any day, every day. And I know me and it's not going to happen just because it's New Year's Eve. You know, like, oh, yeah, just because it's a new year, we got this. No, it's a lot more complicated than that. However, I would like to see myself spending more time, more of my <laughs> – I don't have a lot of free time. But I would love to spend my my free time more wisely and I'm going to actually figure out what that looks like and I'm going to commit to that because – uh, my ultimate regret at the end of every time I have free time is I feel like I didn't accomplish enough. I didn't feel like I did what I wanted to do or what I needed to do. So I'm going to work on my time management skills for my free time. I know how to manage my time when I'm working. Now I need to apply similar skills to my my fun time. So that's my New Year's resolution. And that's a serious one, actually. It's similar to mine. That's really good. I'm surprised that New Year's resolutions last 3.74 <laughs> months. That's that's pretty good. I would have thought it was much less than that. That you know, I always hear it. Well, it is a weeks. poll. You have to consider who they were talking to, and I don't have all the information in front of me for that. Right. But that was that is interesting. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, even if you, I mean, because a lot of things like what you're saying about time management and getting your goals going, a lot of it is so momentum based. It's like, uh, what's that phrase? Uh, uh, something in motion is easier to stay in motion something not in motion is harder to get in motion i'm butchering that but i think you might know what i'm talking about um and it's so if you can get going on a project or time management i mean that is my resolution as well i i'm there's all kinds of projects that i i keep starting and stopping and you know going into bad habits that are easy dopamine triggers because we all need dopamine so there's that dopamine detox uh scenario where you eliminate cheap sources of dopamine whether it be drugs and alcohol whether it be uh you know pornography or even just youtube addiction um things that give you cheap dopamine try to eliminate them so that your projects become the only source of dopamine because one thing's for certain we need dopamine and we will get it so if you eliminate the easy uh methods of dopamine acquisition then you're more likely to do the things you've been meaning to do the things that fulfill your potential um it's it's so wild what do you think of that karen in terms of do you have a, a inner critic that is strong where you're not fulfilling your potential or living up to your potential or do you feel that you have been living up to your potential you're really regular with your sub stack which is a which is a huge mountain a lot of people have a hard time keeping a blog consistently and you're doing that are there other areas that you want to improve upon well i i think by anyone that's a sort of a <clears throat> driven type of a person i mean i'm i you know, when you don't have a regular job that you're clocking in and out and um, you're answerable to somebody else, you know, the kind of things that we do, we're answerable to ourselves. So we have to have some discipline, self-discipline, you know, in order to get anything done or we really never would. So, you know, for me, that self-discipline, you know, I've learned over years, but it also relates to my, you know, my martial arts training, my, um, uh, 
you know, certain things, you have to build your habits. I think, and that's one thing that I always told my kids, I try to instill in my children, it's very easy to make a habit. It's, you know, a habit will happen, you know, if you start drinking a cup of coffee every morning, by the fifth morning, you just want that cup of coffee. So it's a very easy thing to do. It's much harder to break a habit, you know. So And so I have always been conscious of this, of trying to build good habits and and that the further along you go on this any path given path the harder it's going to be to get off of that path so i do have i mean there are things that i want to achieve like i want to finish i, I spend so much time this Substack took over my life uh, so and i have an obligation now i feel that i have an obligation to write regularly because there are people who are who are expecting that and i actually am kind of driven to do it. I really, in, I, I mean, it's, I enjoy it, but on the other hand, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to do, especially with the, all the research that I, that goes into what, what I write about, but it kind of put to the side my other writing. So yes, I would like to uh, be able to finish the fourth book in my Night Angels Chronicles <laughs> series, um, which is just sitting there, and I only have to do a little bit more on that book. Um, but uh, to get it finished, the first three books are published, and I, you know, I just—it's very, very difficult to get around to that. And then I have this other—I have this, the science fiction book that I wrote. I never really talk about these things; they're not very relevant because most people want to talk about the things on my Substack. So I have that. And uh, I've written, you know, I think two years ago, I had that published with Terror House Press, my book Luminaria, which, uh, which it really, it was very kind of prophetic because I started writing it many, many years ago, and I finally got it published, and it has to do a lot with what's going on today. And now I need to write the second book, and where do I ever have time to do that? So those are, those are two challenges that I have that I would really like to uh, be able to uh, achieve. Yes. Why do you write on Substack as opposed to your own website, a blog there? I mean, wh why did you choose Substack? And do you think that was the right choice? Have you found, uh, you know, a, a bigger audience as a result of being on Substack? Or, and do you ever feel like, hmm, I wish I had this in my own um, platform? I, I have another I have like a WordPress uh, site and I do like transfer a lot of my writing over there. So I do have those two, but I went, I chose to go on Substack because yes, it, it is a platform where they do, you're likely to be able to reach a wider, wider audience. When I started this maybe two years ago, I, I, I had no uh, readership at all because I have discussed this before, I think on your show um, that I'd been canceled by just about everybody years before it was even a thing you know so it was very very hard for me to get my work published but when and for me to actually be able to write what I really wanted to write freely and when I went on Substack that was actually the first time that I felt that I was able to write freely and that I was able to reach a wider audience so I mean I, I, there's, I have, you have complete control. It's not like when you're getting published by a publisher and you have an editor and they're telling you, you know, you need to cut this. Maybe I, maybe I, some people tell me I need an editor because I write sometimes too, too, my pieces are too long, but you're really free on Substack to say what you want. It, it's, it's really is a, still a free, a free speech platform. And that's what I like about it. And it's broadening out into video content as well. I mean, all these things are kind of 
all becoming like each other, right? Twitter is going for long form video. People are writing long form stuff on Twitter. I mean, have you con? You know, it's almost confusing as to what platforms we're supposed to choose for what. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I think if it's because I'm a writer and I do this, I do this very specific type of writing, which is this long form. I write essays, so Substack is a good place for me. Uh, you know, my issues with X, <laughs> Twitter. Um, I don't have a blue check, so I refuse the blue check. So, and I'm very much, very much censored on x and i actually you know i find it more and more uh, i i have to prepare myself mentally actually now to go on to it because i don't i try not to just stay in in a certain lane but i try to look at everything across all borders because you are put you know the algorithms put you in to a certain box and there you remain and you are constantly um your your perspective or your point of view is constantly played back regurgitated back to you and i don't like that so i try to look at different perspectives and it, be, it can be quite alarming because it's uh, there's a lot of um so much hatred being spewed out now at this time so i so i i you know i go back to my Substack, and I'm able to just write freely what I what I want and what I believe. And if it reaches people, that's great. If it doesn't, oh well. You know that's that's how I look at it. We're prisoners of algorithms. Oh no, oh no. We're prisoners of algorithms. Forget the show. Oh oh oh. How can we break out of the cage of what we do or say? Karen Hunt is gonna write what she wants anyway. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go on a quick break. We'll be right back after these words with predictions. And I'm gonna tell Ruckus how to quit smoking right after these words on TNT. TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And, and I, if I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans. That's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. 
Welcome back. We are so stoked because 2024 is here. I mean, actually, no. Scratch that. We're all freaked out. We're all panicked. All the predictions are like, oh, no, it's going to be nuts, right? I mean, ruckus for one. Let me let me just start off by saying you could quit smoking easy with all the nicotine replacement stuff there is. It's the nicotine that drags us back to the drag, right? You know, I know smoking I, well, is hipper and it's cooler. And well, go ahead, Ruckus. Sm- smoking is is a terrible addiction because it, it actually encompasses three different forms of addiction rolled into one. You could probably say the same for any addiction, but it's exceptionally heavy with smoking because the frequency of doing it. So, of course, you have the physical addiction associated to the nicotine, which can be, of course, addressed through other you know, forms of giving yourself nicotine, like pouches or the patches. Or... I might have one in my mouth right now as we yeah, speak, see? Ruckus. I might yeah, be having okay. a nicotine fix right now and you wouldn't even know it. I wouldn't even know it. And that's good. But there's also the psychological addiction. There's just something that cool factor is, is what one way to describe it. But there is a lot True. of psychological addictions related to it. And then the more difficult one for most smokers, believe it or not, is the mechanical addiction, just the actual physical habit of all the things, the devices, the lighting of it. It's a process where you go to smoke. I was just yeah. saying in the in the background here, like part of it when I go outside to smoke is I'm playing with the dogs. I'm getting outside and seeing nature. Sometimes I'll read like a chapter of my book at the same time. So to me, it, the smoking encompasses a whole lot of things that I would have to give up all those other things at the same time that won't necessarily be replaced maybe with a nicotine patch. But I'm down for those little pouches. I might try that, the Zins or whatever, because maybe I could go outside and pop one in my lip and just stand outside for five to ten minutes and might feel like I'm smoking. So good advice, well, Joe. I'll look into it. <laughs> honestly, yeah, that's my addiction. It's that coffee. Th- those are the, those are. I'm down to that in terms of addiction. And what Karen Hunt said is so true it's really easy to start an addictive habit it's really difficult to break it but the breaking of it and that difficulty is also an illusion um because the our neuro pathways sort of clear different you know areas pretty quickly and and there's something about grace in in stopping a, a bad habit um but once you do it it becomes addictive in and of itself and if you replace it like I don't know. You, I know you're not that into running or something, but you could put pop a Zen in and go on a run, breathe, start doing some Wim Hof breathing stuff. I mean, you can shift habit relatively easily, but enough about me high-stepping you about smoking because I love you whether you smoke or not, Ruckus, and who am I to say, and maybe it'll turn out that Zen is even worse than smoking. You never know. Um, so anyway, let's move on to predictions because... I don't know if you all saw this. I know we haven't spoken with Karen Hunt since uh, Tucker came out going like, ooh, the aliens are here, and ooh, it's darker than I've ever could have imagined, and ooh, I can't even say what it is because it's so crazy and so dark and so diabolical. I won't even tell my wife what it is. Yeah, I don't know if you caught wind of him uh, saying all that stuff, Karen. But anyway, he did that, and <laughs> it made me go into a down that rabbit hole like what's he talking about then because i had been blowing off the alien invasion thing as like oh the psyop and us conspiracy theorists are gonna are that are too cool for school we're just not gonna believe it and we're gonna know it's all a government con job and all the rest of that and we're gonna of course just be like too hip to even take it seriously that was my plan moving forward but then tucker comes out and sort of freaked me out a little bit And so I did investigate it, 
and it has something to do with technology. And, and then I started thinking about the bitten apple, uh, you know, Genesis, um, that the alien invasion might be technology that's already in our hands. We might already be uh, kidnapped by our phones. And um, there was even this sort of chatter about kids you know like the government having dealings with these creatures and they're spiritual in nature not from other planets but from other dimensions and they are here with us now and that seemed more plausible to me i'm not sure if i believe it or not i sort of do believe it i'm interested in your guys's opinion uh karen hunt did you hear tucker try to spook us all with that and did you go down that rabbit hole are you not believing are you believing what do you think is the 2024 prediction of these uh, demonic entities messing with us further goodness um okay i am not goodness i mean this is so beyond my expertise i must well, of say course. but this but, is a fun 2024 behind, show exactly. don't worry about no, it no i mean i my favorite genre is science fiction and uh I did not catch Tucker Carlson's. I'm a little behind on my Tucker Carlson, I must confess. But uh, I don't, I mean, I don't see why there couldn't be other uh, entities or beings or particularly, as you say, something spiritual or on a different plane or a different level. Uh, I don't see why that that couldn't be um are this this is all such speculation and it's great for your imagination and i kind of look at it like uh i mean it hasn't happened yet that you know like in those in those old science fiction movies that you know the aliens have landed and they've taken over i mean a very obvious thing you know and there's nothing obvious going on but there's something inside of us that does uh you know, I, I, there must be something that we're responding to. That's what I feel. There must be some, some reason why there's such a great, uh, uh, you know, connection to this or what have you. I know, I remember when I was a kid, we had these, a uh, very good friend, Pat Matriciano was his name, my parents' friend. And, um, he, I remember one day he came to our house. He was a very honest, you know, good Christian guy that would not be actually believe in aliens, you know, and he came over and said that he had been driving along this road with another, with a friend of his, and he actually saw an alien spaceship that came down in front of him and was there, and it was absolutely, a, you know, this, a terrifying experience. There was nothing about it where he felt, oh, this is, you know, friendly or anything like that. And um, I don't remember all the details of what he told us, but that's my one encounter with somebody who actually, you know, had an experience of seeing something like that. And I don't have any reason to, um, you know, doubt, doubt, doubt him. So, but other than that, you know, I don't know. Have you seen that? What's that Obama? And I, I can, cannot remember the name of it. In fact, I just even looked it up. The Obama movie that he, that he, oh, yeah. uh, Okay, what's it called? Anyway, I, I just know, watched it. That's funny the world. because sorry, leave the, leave world, the behind. world behind. Leave the world behind. So I just watched it last night, and that's. Have you seen it? No. Look, well, I heard about it. That will flip you, you out. Tell. I mean, that, that's really meant to just flip you out. That movie, it will just. And I'm using my nice words here. I mean, Why? everything in that movie. Why, why would, you know, it, it just, it completely flips everything on uh, into the opposite spectrum. Like why Obama 
like he made he produced or put the money That's into weird. this movie it's yeah. very weird it's everything that we would have thought it's like wow he's he's thinking was obama thinking all the things that we were always thinking but he was the bad guy he, you know he's the bad guy you know and and for, for the people for conservatives i'm talking about for you know if it's right. everything's being flipped on its backside you know flipped over and that movie just it was very very it's a unpleasant experience watching that movie an extremely unpleasant experience the thing that happens to the young man uh the the, the boy um and it, it's just like I, I, so so that is like a prediction basically that, that that this you know the cyber attack but it never tells you what it is it just plants all these little scary thoughts in your mind about what it could be so i'm that definitely i have to think i might write about that i'm probably going to have to write about that one yeah that's a great idea for a sub stack I, i'm curious to go into a, a more of a breakdown but I think for time, you know, we'll we'll move on to Ruckus and his predictions. Um, Ruckus, you, you you heard my Tucker diatribe, I think, even before. I think we covered it before. But what is your predictions? Do you think 2024 is going to make 2021, 2022, 2023 seem like child's play? Or do you think we're just going to get into a zone of peace and suddenly everything's going to be hunky-dory? The former and not the latter, unfortunately. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think it's, oh yeah, no, I think we are in for a wild ride. I think 2024 is gonna be very bad, unfortunately. Um, I can't say exactly what's gonna happen. Um, I have some guesses. Um, I think what Karen was just discussing there uh, with this implication of perhaps like a cyber attack, some, some sort of unknown mysterious attack. I think we're moving towards the, um, because we have all this artificial intelligence, the deep fakes, this loss of trust in, in the government, in the media, in everything. We can't even believe what we see with our own eyes anymore. It's really getting insane. So I think we've moved past the point of understanding who or what our enemy is because they, the proverbial they on the media, always tell us who or what to be afraid of. But it's going to be far more scary if we don't even know what the ex actual heck is going on you know what i mean um so i that's my prediction i really think there will be a lot of mass confusion surrounding a serious event and then we will have to wait till the pieces are picked up for them to start spitting out their propaganda as to what just happened it'll be different this time i think they're just going to hit us hard and see what happens and i think it'll be it'll play out a lot like um you know whatever the scenarios were for the people who were like the doomsday preppers in that television series they all had a different reason for what was going to happen to cause society to break down. Well, society's going to break down is my 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 ultimate fear. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I do not believe, however, that we're ready for the aliens just yet. There will probably be a lot more soft disclosures and a lot more talk of it getting us ready, setting the stage. Um, and this is so interesting you brought up the alien thing because this is something that I was doing a deep rabbit hole dive. We're actually refamiliarizing myself with some some works of uh, Stan Deo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Uh, he, I believe he's a Christian now. I'm not sure if he always was, but he, he's done some work in the past with these um, advanced technologies that we have access to. And yeah, he, he says a lot of the same stuff that you were just alluding to with this conversation with Tucker that I'm not familiar with, uh, where basically, well, like, so you say like, okay, here you go. 
you want the biggest black pill of all like oh yes us, us smart christians and the smart people are paying attention and are expecting an alien deception the great deception we're going to see it coming we're going to know it when we see it well there's an answer for that ready to go because these people aren't stupid the satanists the illuminatis the people pulling the strings they understand that we're waiting for this and we know when they present aliens to us we're all going to point and laugh and say ha that's not real they know that they're ready for that so they're going to give us some real ones air quote that are baddies and they're just going to throw them under the bus and so these these new good entities right uh, that are going to be presented to us as false gods or false uh, there'll be antichrist basically they're going to look good on paper because they're going to we might even see the end to the Illuminati. They might. This might be like a weird Q thing. They might actually round up people like Hillary Clinton and the pedophiles and all j friends of Jeffrey and and let's let's get them. Hey, look, look, us good alien creatures did that. We got rid of all the be bad people and ever. Who among us would say like, dude, this guy just these people just like solved all the world. You know, you got to be really discerning in order to recognize the grand deception that's coming. I believe they have plans B through Z for all of their plan A's. So I think it's going to be very hard for us to um, fight back against this. And the, the ones who will truly be able to see past that, they'll they'll get rid of us long before that. Um, one one quick prediction for you. I predict that in the year 2024, oh, say somewhere around the middle of summer, we're going to see children's books, like teaching them ABCs themed around aliens. Mm -hmm. I'm cheating because that's actually a, an actual story. Uh, you guys know the little golden books, those little kids books, right, by uh, Penguin Random House? They're making an A is for Alien, an ABC book for little tykes based on the 1979 sci-fi horror movie directed by Ridley Scott. I wish I was kidding, but it's true. Interesting. Yeah. It's much easier for me to believe in aliens from other dimensions than from other planets for whatever reason. I mean, obviously because we're surrounded by demonic energy all the time. That's blatant. Uh, why not in a physical form? It doesn't seem like too much of a leap, even though... Uh, at least to our, you know, sort of pragmatic minds, we haven't seen it as of yet in terms of giant aliens or lizard creatures or whatever they look like. But what when you say that ruckus that there's going to be the bad aliens and then the good aliens, which are really going to be the bad aliens that come to save the day, reminds me of what's going to happen with the economy. Um, and a lot of people are starting to talk about this. Actually, on my trip to New York, I was re-listening to the creature for uh the creature from jekyll island trying to be smart enough to figure out um the federal reserve and how all that uh, occurred and trying to educate myself about that and then all of a sudden edward dowd and whitney webb are coming out talking about the cbdc this central bank digital currency and how you know that's going to implement the total digital control over our lives by crashing the economy uh economic collapse and then coming in as the savior is this central bank digital currency of which if you accept it you get like free money and you can order your amazon stuff but then suddenly you're locked into their digital surveillance system um are you guys hip to any of that going on it's so funny because i don't you know it, it's hard to know what you manifest in your reality because i was listening to that book and then all of a sudden edward dow comes out and talks about this stuff and so does whitney webb and you just wonder is it because i'm reading this that suddenly i'm seeing this or what i mean have you been uh, seeing any of that kind of stuff karen <laughs> well i just watched that movie last night and we're having this conversation today <laughs> so right. you know that's something um 
And there's a there's a prepper in the movie. There's a guy. He's been you know, he's one of those prepper guys in the movie. They've got one of everything in the movie. You really need to see the movie. I, I I go back to it because that's exactly what all of this is that we're talking about here. It's all in that movie, uh, except well, yeah, even aliens. Yeah, every type of scenario that you could imagine, they they put it in there. But it's like, but they really make the point that nobody knows. There's no one, and the big line is that actually no one is in control. That's the big line in the movie. No one is in control. So that's, you know, it makes it really scary because at least if you could point to, you know, if you can say, this is my enemy, you know, I'm going to, now I know who, I, who my enemy is. I can fight now, you know, but they're basically telling people, and that's what with this huge, huge influx of information that we are now bombarded with constantly. We are in, like just as we're having this conversation, the, the huge amount of information that is run by us on a daily basis of very, very scary things that the possibility, the endless possibilities of things that can happen with actually never a resolution. You never reach. Um, an actual end to a conversation. You understand? Everything is thrown at you so fast that you can never, by the time you're trying to figure out the first thing, you, they've, it's moved on to the next. And that's basically what happens in the movie. You know, as soon as, and it, and it escalates, you know, the, the dangers and the fears and the horrors and every, the, the, the things that are happening keep on escalating. They keep on escalating. And that's what's happening. So I agree with, with uh, Ruckus, uh, Adam Clark, that, uh, in that over this next year, we're, it's going to be the wildest ride that we, we've ever seen, especially leading up to the 2024 election, elections. Yeah, we're, I mean, it's like coming to a crescendo, all of this. It, that's what it feels like. Uh, what that crescendo will be, um, but we, uh, who knows? We, how can we even figure that one out? There's a great video on Rumble, a documentary kind of called The Great Taking, I recommend it. It's I, I don't know the name of the guy, but he talks about exactly that, what you just said, that most people implementing this level of financial control are not hip to really what's going on, even way high up. So he's saying awareness of how diabolical this is, is really good to sort of crack people out of the hypnosis because his uh, hypothesis, I guess, is that even the people in the upper levels don't know there's a head of a snake, of course, but the, the muscular, uh, the, you know, the muscle aspect of the snake, even close to the head, aren't really aware that it's going to turn on them as well. So ooh, who knows? Let's take a quick break. Let's get some good predictions after these words, if we can muster some. We'll be right back after these words on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Swatting is one of the most deadly hoaxes one can perpetrate. It should be considered a terroristic threat, much like calling in a bomb hoax. And it's lethal potentially not only for the residents, but also for the SWAT team that responds to the call, which typically is that someone just shot his wife or someone's in the middle of raping someone, etc. Some heinous crime that requires a visit from SWAT. And yet, it's become the preferred political weapon of those on the left. Over the Christmas holidays, several politicians, including my own representative, Brandon Williams, here in New York 22, 
were swatted. But did we hear about any of the GOP politicians, Rick Scott, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Brandon Williams, others being swatted? No, the only swatting we heard about was that of Boston Communist Mayor Michelle Wu. Now, I don't agree that Wu shouldn't have been swatted. I think it's heinous no matter who the victim is. However, why does the media only cover a swatting when it's a Democrat victim? Why don't they ever cover it when it's Republicans on the receiving end? From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. I had a, a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And we're talking about doom and gloom for the new year with Karen Hunt and Ruckus Clark. But let's see if we can shift it into something less doomy and less gloomy. I mean, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. One good thing I think is for sure is that people are waking up to agendas. I was in a sauna last night actually and there was this married couple or maybe they weren't even married i don't know they were talking about a cartoon movie and so i'm assuming they had kids and were married um but they were saying they were they were breaking it down and they were using words like yeah that was an agenda but i think it was a good one it was positive and people speaking like that is on and i it struck me because i was like you know five years ago people wouldn't be breaking down uh, Disney movies and talking about agendas in normal society, I don't think, as much. I, I just think one positive thing, a, a positive prediction I can make about 2024 is more people waking up. I mean, you have, uh, you know, Steve Kirsch going off on, on the vaccine stuff and, and people sort of seeing through mRNA, uh, COVID is back out. Uh, on the streets and most people I think that are getting it are vaccinated so I think people are seeing through a lot of the old agendas that we've been bombarded with um, I think in in general there's much more awareness so a positive prediction I can make is that um, hopefully that grows and that people aren't duped um, with free digital money that it ultimately entraps them ruckus do you uh, share any of that optimism or no? Of course not. No, I'm, I'm as <laughs> pessimistic as they come. Sorry. That's why I'm my through glass, to you. My glass is completely empty, folks. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, actually, the positive prediction is a side uh, effect, an end result of the negative prediction we were just making. Because the more utter chaos and confusion there is, that ultimately means that, and this is an honest prediction, I believe, uh, that more people will become spiritual, more people will get saved, they will come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior because of the troubles that they're going through. And I, I pray and hope that uh, people will be placed in, in their paths so that they can direct them in that, in that you know, fashion. And I believe that's probably, we're probably going to see a great more w awakening on the spiritual level for, for people than we've seen in, the, say, the past four years at least. That's my prediction. 
Karen, do you agree with Ruckus? Do you think more people are going to find their way to God? I think I generally always agree with Ruckus. <laughs> we always seem to agree. Total agreement. I I'm wish always we could the odd be, man like, out here. <laughs> all, I know. But um, I agree that I think that, and that isn't that the way it always is when, you, when you're when you in hardship, then you, re, you, you cry out to God. I mean, a, a, an atheist will cry out to God in moments of, greatest despair it just happens so i do think and i think that uh there will be more people turning away from this technology uh and at least trying to live a life uh, uh free of it um so i i would hope that that would happen and i i think that will be a that that will be a uh, a definite plus for that for for the future i think it's going to be very very difficult i think i've said it many many times before be be prepared if you're a believer be prepared for persecution you know that i'm um, uh christians it, and nobody ever talks about i'm writing about this right now actually that christians are the most um persecuted people in the world do you know that over chris oh no i'm getting negative here sorry but over christmas it was like 200 christians were were brutally massacred in Nigeria. Nobody was. Nobody talked about that that story, you know. And um, so I think that the there is a spirit. We can feel that there is a spiritual battle going on. And and we're you know to get into that fight. To get into that fight can is going to take a lot of courage. And I think that's going to really bring a spiritual revival because when you get in situations like that, when you have to make those type, those are choices that we can make. Um, and people need to be able to make choices because every we're, we're like all a bunch of deer in in the headlights. You know, nobody knows what to do. But I think at, at a certain point, people will realize that they need to make a spiritual choice and that this will open their eyes. Totally. I, I, I mean, on so many aspects of my life, just keeps driving me further and further in that direction. And obviously you know, each of us is in the echo chamber of our own mind, ultimately. And so I, you know, I can't tell if that's just a personal result of being older, and that my life would have gone in this direction anyway. But <clears throat> obviously, talking to Ruckus and you and, and other people, there seems to be a theme of that, that, you know, you, you, well, I, I mean, if we're going to talk about Jesus, he overcame the world. And that is in in us as well we can be of you know in the world but not of the world um but that takes a lot of work that takes every day sort of again i talk about the two operating systems one is our mind and the mental activity and first thing in the morning looking at twitter and getting into the conversation or going quiet and getting within i mean ruckus are you do you spend your i mean ruckus you talk about religion a lot but do you spend days really going within really finding silence how do you work on overcoming the world well i i stay busy because uh, i'm a workaholic so uh this is why i was talking about my time management stuff with my free time part of that includes my bible study and my prayer time 
on the daily, but I, I do dedicate not an entire day, but uh, you know, a portion of the day, usually um, early on a Saturday morning, uh, as well as the second half, um, a good chunk of Sunday, doing nothing but biblically related things and you know, watching a church service or a Bible study, um, or just you know, doing nothing but reflecting and praying, you know, uh, talking to God. So that's what I want to do more of, uh, along with like re my own research and studies and reading. I'd like to do a lot more reading. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I just, during, you know, my day-to-day -day stuff, I just stay extremely busy and in the thick of it with the news stuff and, you know, assisting you, uh, Joseph, with getting the show ready for the Technicolor Dreamcast and other things that I do on TNT and the stuff I do at Alternate Current Radio. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm a go, go, go kind of guy. I really, you know, I, I feel like, you know, as best as I can, I'm, I'm truly living like the original plan, like that we were told to, you know, basically we're going to toil, we're going to work like six days and on the seventh day you can rest and that's what you should do. You should rest and reflect and, you know, God rested on the seventh day. So, you know, I'm really trying to get there because God knows literally that I could use the rest. <clears throat> And I thank you so much for everything you do. It's it's always an honor, uh, and I mean that. I'm not kidding. It it you the show would not be what it is without you. Um, you know, and yes, toil for six days, rest on the seventh. But also, it says seek first the Father. And I'm so aware of of how much pointing my awareness is really um, sort of the key muscle to exercise on the daily um even days i'm gonna toil i need to point my awareness to god and not just talk to him but also try to listen to him and just try to sort of seek first you know because it's it just this world is so chaotic and so crazy and destined to be more so i think that's obvious that it's going to get you know uh, wacky-er than it has been that I think for us to really take time to silence ourselves in just present moment awareness with with what is always there you know the the sort of field that all this chaos happens on that is what we really are not uh not the chatter in our minds Karen does that resonate with you yeah a hundred percent and I think that we really need to find ways as you say to to um to be able to meditate to to have silence to be quiet because there is so much that th this is the um the silence and the reflection the meditation is really the enemy of uh, the world <laughs> that is trying to c continually entice us and distract us and terrify us and all, all of these different things so it's very, very difficult for people to be quiet now. It's very, very difficult for people to just sit quietly because they feel like they're missing something. So they feel like they're missing some little bit of some important information or something like that. Um, I try to encourage people to read more. Just how, when was the last time you asked people, when did you last pick up a book and actually sit and read a book? It's people do not do this anymore. They think that people have been programmed to just take in little bits of information and not reflect, not reflect on on anything. So yeah, so the Bible study, you know, in martial arts, you learn, you always go back to, I learned you always go back to the basics. You always go back to the your first katas. This is your foundation. So it's the same in with when biblical 
teachings. You know, you have the Bible, always go, I, I go back to the Psalms, you know, read, you know, I've read that a million times, you know, read it again. These things can be renew, can renew our spirit and they take us to a place of, they, of, um, they center us and take us to a calm place where, where we can actually get out of ourselves and think about, you know, there's a, there's a bigger picture than my little, than my little problems, you know, <laughs> there's something bigger going on that we don't understand and that we're, we are a part of, and it's not a negative thing. It's something wonderful and beautiful and, and magnificent and that's our end goal you know so we have to keep that we have to believe in that as our end goal not all of this doom stuff that's of this world there's something far bigger and far greater than that and it's not the aliens <laughs> right so i take seriously seek first the father and all else will be added on you know and i do that i do that every day um except if i'm traveling or, or it's too chaotic but you, you just my normal days because I brought up Whitney Webb earlier and her talking about the, you know, economic collapse and, and the implementation of total control, total digital control. And she made the point that one of the big things is we, we can't be led by fear. You know, we're either led by faith or we're led by fear. And this world will do everything it can to doomsday us into a fear state. And in that state of panic, people will go for the digital control because it will appear as salvation just like with the mrna injection it's exactly like that 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 was almost a prelude to it and it was the same playbook fear 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 here's the solution to your fear after you take this injection all else will be normal anyone who's resisting is keeping you in fear that, that spread division across our country and world like crazy you know, so I think if we all make a practice of being silent in the mornings and going into the operating system of present moment awareness and shifting our awareness towards that and towards, you know, the eternal now, um, we all stand a better chance because we are definitely in a spiritual war and the stakes are about to amplify. And so we need to be spiritual warriors with the armor of God, ruckus. What do you think? Oh, amen to all of that, brother, 100%. And, you know, you, you, I like your seek ye first the, the father, right? And then everything else will follow basically, right? But also, you know, be mindful of what it means to be a Christian. We're supposed to live Christ-like. So that's something I've been reflecting on a lot lately um, and will continue to do so going into the new year as well. Um, what does that really mean and how can I, you know, how can I, little old Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus, emulate Christ? Big shoes to fill, my friends. Um, I think now we're running out of time, so I'll leave you guys with a quote and then we'll go to Karen. But uh, a paraphrasing of Ben Franklin, be at war with your vices, at peace with your neighbors, and let every new year find you a better person. God bless you guys. I love you guys. I can't wait to see you next year. Love you too, Ruckus. That was a beautiful quote. And you know what? Your Twitter and all that stuff will be there after you seek the Father too. You can get into all that stuff right after. Just give it an hour or something first thing in the morning. That's my suggestion. That's my New Year's resolution. And then also to help it bolster me in more creative activity and to switch the dopamine to producing stuff. Uh, rather than cheap dopamine that just gets me out of the moment. Karen Hunt, we'll take it to you. Take us out. What's going on? 
cherchez d'abord le royaume de Dieu. I remember that from when I was a kid living in uh, in Switzerland. We learned that song, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all things shall be added unto you. Uh, we've, we Get out of yourself, get out of your little small problems, and remember that there is a bigger battle that we're in and it can, and that's a very exciting thought actually that we are a part of that and that we and and that um good will prevail good will prevail in the end uh, you can find Hallelujah. me on sub substack substack break free break with karen free. hunt yeah. break free with karen hunt substack go see it it's amazing she's a great writer Ruckus and i'm actually awesome. and and i'm actually going to write a go. piece i'm working on a piece on G, uh, what it means to follow jesus yeah all right so, we'll check yeah. that out at break free with karen hunt keep listening to tnt everybody happy new year and we'll see you in 2024 have a great one bye-bye